going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chaos in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to get into a article I came across that truly disturbs me as a father. And any parent in any state should feel this this disturbance for the most part. Uh, but uh, this is happening in my own state in Illinois, in Chicago. And so I'm going to go ahead and just give you some of the details of what is happening. This is an example of when the state is basically replacing you as a parent. Chicago mom forbidden to see teen daughter after refusing to pretend she's the opposite sex. Yes, there is a court order. There's it's it's all there. I'll link it in the show notes. Read it for yourself again, like I always do. Uh, Mom in Chicago misses her daughter's 13th, 14th, and 15th birthday for refusing to go along with daughter who says she is transgender. She would not lie and say that her daughter was actually a boy. She wouldn't do that to her, and then she wouldn't appease the courts in, in agreeing with them on that because what the court wanted from her was that, her, and by the way, her name is Jeanette Cooper, I believe, the mom. The court wanted her to admit that there is such a thing as a child that is born transgender. Now, Jeanette Cooper could not get with that. And like any good parent, I too could not get with that. Not at all. And so what happened was essentially they had to force Jeanette Cooper into a compromise. And apparently Jeanette signed a parental agreement not to be able to see her daughter if they agreed not to allow her to transition without a court order or parental consent from Jeanette herself. So she basically had to sacrifice her right as her mother to raise her and to be a part of her life, which in the article says that she was co-parenting with her father, which the article doesn't really give much about her father and what he has to say about this. All that it says is that she went to be with her dad per agreement for that time being. And then when Jeanette went to go pick up her daughter, she refused to go with her mom saying that she was now transgender and that she did not feel safe with her mother. Now, in my opinion, it would seem as though the father is very complicit with this and is probably encouraging or supporting this daughter one way or the other. Now, again, this article is from uh, the Federalist. It doesn't give any detail on it. And I, you know, maybe we could look more deeper into that and I will. And if I do again in the show notes, you'll have all that to read it for yourself. But as far as I know right now, it's the court, it's the mom and the mom losing privileges of being able to really be in her daughter's life. And the most they gave her was a post-mail agreement where she could basically write her letters and stuff like that. That is the state of the affairs that we are in. And this is my own home city, Chicago. So this is, this hits me hard because I'm a father. And you know what? I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know because that's not just something I'm going to bow down for. Not not one bit. And this is my concern. This is why I even do this. This is, I can't sleep at night knowing that this is exactly what's happening under our very noses. And we're just asleep. We are literally asleep to this stuff. We honestly are so pinned against each other. We can't see what is happening under our nose. Our government is exercising power they do not have. Authority that they do not have. Are you okay with them separating you from your child because you won't go along 
with a phase that they are going through in their lives, maybe something mentally where they have decided they want to change their body, disfigure it and become a different per, a different gender, which we know is impossible. We know that's not a reality. That is insanity. It had always been. It will always be. Doesn't matter how many people agree with it. A lie is a lie. An abomination is abomination. This is really no different. This is where we're at right now, where the government, the state officials, the courts will get in and will try to separate you from your authority to usurp you from it so that way they can then have an agenda over the child. I'm not sure where the dad is in all of this, but my thoughts, my prayers, my heart truly goes out to this mother. Now, I don't know if she's a good woman in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. Just read an article here, okay? But at the at the very end of the day, the fact that she refused to go along with what everyone else is saying is true, when we know it's not, the fact that she's chosen not to go along with that, I mean, she is she has my respect. And it it gives me a decent sign that she is a decent mother. A mother that knows what is true, objectively speaking, and will not appease just because her daughter is going through a moment in her life. I mean, these transitions and these mutilation of the body that takes place for transgender surgery, hormone blockers, all this, this is permanently damaging your body, their body. And if they change their mind, imagine the weight and the guilt of that. Because I've already seen a lot of people who have taken it too far and have now realized they can't go back. And if anything, they incurred on themselves the potential of severe sickness and basically the body turning against on them. They won't probably live for long. Not to mention what it does to the psyche. What it does to you in depression. Because you're not being, this isn't true. This isn't really happening. But back to the center focus of this all. Here what we have is the state replacing you and I as parents of our own children. What we officially have is that, where the state apparently has the power to separate you from your own child if you do not agree to go along with what said child is believing of itself, even if it leads to utter destruction, even if that's where it heads. Why do they want to exercise such power? What is it? What is it to that? Well, it is to destroy the nuclear family unit, the structure Tyranny works well when the father is out, the mother is deranged, and the children are mendable. That's when tyranny really starts to show its ugly face and what it does. There is a strategic reason why the family unit is being attacked and has been for generations and decades. We think that it's just happening with transgenderism. This is just the next escalation and when they're just revving things up. But they have been attempting this for a very long time, incentivizing women, mothers, who, if they choose to go to the government for assistance, have to prove that the father is out of the picture. What does that do to certain parts of the culture and society? Especially when promotion of sexuality and being sexually liberated you know, is so heavily promoted where that's where we realize, hey, we could have this without the consequence, though there is a consequence and sin always has a consequence. It's why most people's marriages and uh, relationships are destroyed, why parents can't seem to stay together or why they never even got together in the first place because they were never married, but had children out of wedlock. All these things 
what what we're seeing here is a destruction of the family unit and it's been happening for a long time but it's just accelerating it's just becoming something greater than we would have ever fathomed and this is where we're at right now this is the insanity of it all this is this is truly wickedness to its core to destroy that tyranny does work well in that why because the family unit is a threat to a government of lies the family unit there's something about when you grow up in a household of a mother and a father in a dynamic you know family a, a culture within the family that has its own inside jokes that has its own way of thinking its own economic factors its philosophies its models its belief systems it passes on from generation to generation and from there you are being taught by your first disciples by your by the first people that you look up to your parents and they pass on to you what if if they are under the um what's the word i'm looking for the rule of god right if they especially if they submit to god and his word what well, that gets passed on i mean my daughter knows how to pray now She's still three years old. I'm going to be catechizing and discipling and then preaching the gospel to her as time goes on. But she's taken from me the ability to pray over one's food when we have it at, at dinner or at breakfast time or at lunch. She, she calls me out when I, I, I almost forget to pray because I've taught her that. She's seen that in me. She sees that in me all the time. And so this is something that is being passed on to her. I'm teaching her the fear of the Lord. I'm teaching her what it is to honor God in all things, all things that seem even mundane. And her little brain, she doesn't get that yet. But I'm I'm planting seeds there, right? Because I'm I'm hoping to see those seeds water and grow. That is the authority God has given me as a father to my daughter, to discipline, to correct, to love, to nurture, to uphold, to encourage, to you know all that. All of that, as a parent, that's my authority. That is the government system that God has created within us. And the government is essentially leading children into a different path that would destroy the family into sin and usurping the authority of parents over the children, which is a God-ordained government in the family unit. This is what the government is attempting to do. And we're seeing it on state local levels. Again, this article happened in Chicago, my city. But this is not the only, and I'm sure it's not the only one. I think a couple, maybe even a year ago, I read something about that still in actually Cook County, you know, uh, something similar to this. But I'm sure it's happening in other states too. And so, and I, I would assume too that it's happening in, in Democratic states mostly. I'm not saying that uh, conservative states or the red states aren't having that on, on certain pockets. I'm sure they do. But for the most part, Democratic states those stronghold, the blue ones, like my state, that you're going to see a lot of that if you have the audacity to have a conservative mindset, a biblical Christian conservative mindset. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be ostracized, persecuted, the whole nine. But this is yet again another war on the created order and law of God. This is deeper than just social justice and the LGBTQ plus affinity and beyond movement and, and trying to protect them. It's way more than that. It's deeper. What we see from the left, this is all spiritual. They hate God. They have a utter hatred and disdain for his word and for the king of kings. They really do. That sounds spiritual to you? Well, it is. But if you 
chuck it away and you think that's you know that's silliness to you then you are under the same delusions that even the so-called right conservatives are on the blaze or the daily wire what we are seeing here is a war on the created order and the law of god because god has established the family unit the parents that structure that is the authority given from god to the children it's all ordained it is all structured. And what have they been attacking? They've been attacking the family unit, marriage, heterosexuality, uh, work ethics, private property. All these things are found in scripture and they are all God ordained. And everything that communism, totalitarianism, Marxism, whatever you call it, whatever Karl Marx was ever attacking was a complete attack against God's order his created order, his law, his standards, his decrees, his commandments, and ultimately a hatred towards Christ and the gospel. Let's make sense of this and let's call this state, Illinois, and every other government and the federal government to repentance. At this point in time, let us go to scripture. Matthew 18 verse 6 reads, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do you hear that? Check out verse five. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. That is a warning from the Lord himself. That is a, a I would say, threat, but it almost even just sounds like a promise. The question that the disciples had was, who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Uh, honestly, maybe they were just trying to flex on each other. Maybe they're just, they were just trying to see how they can earn that, that position. But here's what Jesus does and flips everything that we have preconceived as adults in our carnality and our sin. He flips it on its head. Because the world tells us a certain way to be successful, to be the greatest, to achieve this, to do that. What's love? What's not? The world tries to have their own definition that's always anti-Christ. But look what Christ is trying to teach us here. The question that the disciples had was who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? But really, it is to be as a child. That's basically it, right? And what does that mean? What does Jesus mean by that? Well, it's not to be like the child who came to Jesus when he called him and then humbled himself at that moment. That, that's not what it means. It means, but you know, rather to humble yourself like the child is by nature already under the hand of God and the truth of God. And what does that mean too? It means that children naturally aren't as prideful as you. They're willing to learn and listen and believe. They're innocent to the ways of evil. And their desire is to look up to someone and to be taught and to be led and to be protected and to, to grow and be nurtured. And that is what he's telling us. We are to come to him with that sort of mentality where we put off evil, that we are we are delicate and, and innocent to it, though we know we're not, but essentially because we're made free in Christ, we no longer want that sin. We no longer want to pursue these wicked desires. 
that our desire is to please the Lord and to learn and to to be fed by his word and to be discipled and to grow in holiness and, and sanctification, righteousness. That is what he calls us to be because by nature, children are doing that. What, what did I tell you? My daughter has learned from me to pray. But I've seen other children learn some other things from parents that broken my heart. I remember a time being in a car with a friend of mine who, and I'll be honest, full disclosure, we were smoking in the car. We're getting high. This is a, some time in the past. Um, I was just going through, you know, I was just going through it, right? This is when the, you know, the Lord pulled me out and saved me. Praise God. But I'm sitting there. And I think this kid maybe, maybe three, four around my daughter's age, and mom smoking a blunt, friend smoking a blunt, I'm smoking a blunt. This child is on the lap on the car, and this this uh, real ghetto hip hop music is playing, and I see this kid just throwing up hand signs and vibing to the music, like he was grown, like what I see most game bangers do and act like. And if you grew up in the inner city, especially like in Chicago, from you know where I'm from, then you know what I'm talking about. I saw that and it, it broke me. One, because I'm sitting there participating. But two, I realized this is what this child is learning. I'll never forget that. It'd be a regret probably for the rest of my life. So when I see my daughter now in, my, in the state of mind that I'm in and she's praying, it's reminding me, it's telling me that this is a very serious call, that the, the call of a father and a mother is not to be messed with. It is a call of God on our lives. And children are willing to learn and see it and, and, and take it all in. They're, they're, they're lowly. They don't have that pride like we do. Now, verse five says, receiving the child, uh, you know, basically whoever receives one, uh, one such child in my name receives me. Well, receiving the child is allowing them to be children and take upon yourself the responsibility it requires to teach them, discipline them, love them, disciple them in the way that they should go. That's what it means to, to receive that child. It is a responsibility. It is a calling on one's life. And we are to be very careful in how we lead these children, how we lead them. It doesn't just affect that child's life and how they grow up in society, but it affects society. It, it touches everything in society. So what happens when a, a mass generation of children who are fatherless, who are growing up in poverty and growing up in, in uh, broken homes, homes that were almost broken on purpose by a system, what happens to these kids when they grow up and they hang out together? They're looking for peace, but they have no structure. They're looking for belonging when they don't find it at home. They're looking for a sense of purpose because they didn't have their dad to give that to them. And the ones that did show themselves around probably were dealing with drug issues, probably were involved with gangs, probably are in prison or just straight up absent, not in their lives. What do you think happens? There is a consequence truly in that child's life, your life, and the culture, society. Huge responsibility. Very huge. Verse 6, though, is the, the solemn warning. This is the solemn warning to us as parents. But ultimately now, I direct this to the state of Illinois. And I direct this to every government out there that is doing this wickedness that is done to Jeanette, uh, Jeanette Cooper and taking her child away because she refuses to give in to the lie that you insist is the truth. It's not the truth. And what you're doing is sin. And you will answer to Christ the King. 
Verse 6, as a reminder, reads, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. You hear that? Judgment with the Father is on your head if you cause one of these little ones to sin. That isn't just with the children, but it's especially with the children. You are causing this one, these children, to sin and to go down a path of, of wickedness and wretchedness devoid of God and his love and his truth. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 12 reads, Thus, sinning against your brothers, which that means like your neighbors, you know, we're all made in the image of Christ, right? So it goes and applies to children too. Sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. So that is the warning for you. This affirming of transgenderism in children, the sexualization of children with cross dressers and transgenders at story hour and taking them to drag queen shows is a wounding of their already weak conscience and it is a sin against Christ. Now, if you're a Christian, you know what it means to sin against the Lord. But I do not for one second presume to assume that those outside of Christ care at all for my words. Your condemnation is just. May God grant you repentance because wrath is against all the unrighteous. It is shown against you, the unrighteous, from heaven. The fact that what we're seeing right now, it doesn't mean that the culture is winning. They may think they're winning. But the fact that what we're seeing is coming, be, becoming so rampant, it's just a proof that Romans chapter 1 18 verse 32 is proven true and the judgment of God is upon our nation right now as we speak. So for you, the state of Illinois and for every other state that does this and and attacks the family unit for parents being good parents, repent, turn to Christ and follow his way and his order because he's the sovereign king. Because if not, you will face judgment. You are under the wrath of God. There is no question about it. So with this, I leave to my brothers and sisters in the faith, those that are looking for some form of encouragement and hope, trying to make sense of this stuff. If you're up at night angry with the things that you see like I just seen and read, then I want you to remember, stand firm in the faith, speak and live in the truth, and remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless you. If you like this podcast and it brings you truth, value, and biblical hope, then subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating and review as this will help the podcast grow and help bring hope in the midst of chaos. 